Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hello, I'm Sue Rose Minahan, and host, founder of Top Cosmos, Awakening Conversations for an Authentic Life. And today is a very stupendous moment in time. It is the 20th of March, and in this year, 2022, that is the spring vernal, same thing, equinox, when the sun has shifted from the north, from the south with the Tropic of Cap. Capricorn heading across our equator, where the sun is at the highest, down up to the Tropic of Cancer, which is at the north. We are celebrating Astrology Day. It's worldwide, it's international, it's everywhere, just like astrology in the sky. And I'm really excited, too, because I have a very special panel. Many of them have been returning from last year. It's with... Uh, 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 the group East West, which is part of Ananda, and is located in Seattle, Washington, with the Northwest West Astrologers. And so this event will also be immediately followed with a special one uh, that they have arranged that'll last at from two o'clock, that's Pacific time, to six o'clock. So if you haven't already signed up, hey, you can register and there's time and there'll be details at the half hour. Generally, it's eastwestbook.org or booksshop.com. So get your ready and fly with us. And we will begin introducing these great souls that because together we're taking an astrological look at 2022 and the world has been changing. And we're wondering, how are these planets illuminating our life in such a way that we can survive and thrive? That not that the essence of living? Yes, we have these issues, but let's find some resolutions. And it's not, yes, we have a tag for it, but there could be a path. There could be some understandings. So it will be a conversation. Okay. Oh, and their particular title is Moving Together Globally with Heart. We're going to hold on to that theme. I'm going to start by introducing Denny Luna. And Denny Luna is an intuitive astrologer. And she is also one that works with businesses and has workshops. She specializes in relationship counseling. And it is a, has a wonderful past experience and you can find her right at her name dennyluna.com thank you denny it's really a treat and denny's going to host the east west edition coming up so it'll be grand to meet again then after we also have justin crockett elsie a familiar soul on talk cosmos as he's with our new archetypal symbol starting up next week and he is a, a Western Vedic astrologer that's using remedial plant remedies as a follow-up to enhance his uh, uh, consultations. 
And Justin, do you have something else that you would like to add about that? No. Okay. No, well, no, not particularly. Thank you. And Justin is, uh, you can find him at justinelsie.com. So thank you so much. And our next panelist will be Elizabeth Liz Mouchette. And Liz goes also by that name, but I'm doing this alphabetical for first names, thank you. Um, and you can find her at lizmouchette.com or lightpath.com. And Liz is an intuitive astrologer of Western um, and a tarot numerologist, counselor. Liz, is there something else you would like to add? No, that's good. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. And then we have Israel Ahose from London. And yes, Israel is a traditional astrologer, but he too, like so many, is a eclectic. He uses Vedic. He uses tradition. He, he, he has Kabbalah. He has a whole script of different functions that he brings into his astrology. And he is also the president of the Astrological Lodge, Lodge of London. London. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> and I'm so glad you're in the wee hours there talking to us. And I, we do appreciate so much. And I'm glad to have this. Oh, I'm an night owl, so it's cool for me. <laughs> oh, ideal. Well, then that's how we're going to make this 2022. Make it work for yes. us. Get that lemonade into lem lemons into lemonades. Well, mm. thank you. And all right. And then we have also Karen Wenderland. Now, Karen's a Seattle astrologer, and Karen is a business and individual astrologer, practical Uranian astrologer, and does classes and readings, and you can also find her at seattleastrologer.com, I think. Karen at astrologer. Okay. It's just seattleastrologer.com. Okay, excellent. All right, and then we have just a few more. We have Raphael from Montana. And Raphael is also an eclectic astrologer who actually uses Uranian and a whole host of different facets, hermetic and horary, into his very spiritually oriented uh, consultations. Everybody here is very spiritually oriented, which is a big theme for this year and, and an important factor. And he is an author. In fact, several are authors. And he has written End Zone and Ahmad Jones novel. And he has an African astrologer letter. And he has two uh, websites, which are, I thought I'd be much more organized. So, Thank you for bearing with me. The astrologyconsultant.com and the africanastrologer.com. So it's a pleasure. Thank you, Rafael. Thank you for having me. Yes. Welcome. Okay. And last but not least is Ray Couture. Now, Ray knew personally the infamous and renowned Dane Rujhar, which we are thankful for. We're glad <laughs> to have that pipeline because, you know, really the history of astrology is mouth to mouth, and we have become a little bit disjointed. So just that presence alone gives me great thankfulness. And Ray is an Iranian astrologer. He has 
a large facet of um, transpersonal astrology. And I, and you can find Ray at the astrologicalperspectives.net. All of the astrologers here will be on the Talk Cosmos website, and you can easily go to the event and find out about it, or else, hey, there's eight of us. How nice. All eight. Okay. So I really appreciate this. We're going to, this will be a lot simpler. I'm going to start with Denny, and I'm going to ask Denny and all of you just two questions that if you can say it under two minutes, that would be great. Brief. How did you get into astrology and how do you use it or what's your purpose? So Danny Luna. All right. So I got into astrology more than 50 years ago and I was uh, 11 years old and, and casting my own charts the, the old fashioned way. Um, I was really lucky in that I was a part of a scientific family that was very open to astrology. So I didn't have to, um, you know, try to fit in like a lot of people do when they struggle, who are metaphysical and who are open to psychic energies. So my whole being really wants to do intuitive astrology to help people that (laughs) didn't have that kind of background and feel a little bit left out, a little bit strange from having to open the gateway to the other side. And what uh, drives me is is that. Plus, I love doing um, synastry and the type of astrology where people are brought together. Oh, unity, that is really so special. Thank you, Danny. I think. And then we're going to ask Justin. Justin, what brought you to astrology and how are you using it? Well, I uh, I had taken a course with uh, Richard Tarnas and Stans, Stanislav uh, uh, Groff, and and really resonated with the. Uh, the I've had some uh, some background in education with uh, psychology, and so I really resonated with the archetypal uh, seeing the uh, our world through that lens of archetypes, and uh, so I do a combination of Western uh, and. Uh, Vedic astrology, and my my goal is really is to help people heal. I think I, I take a, a view it through a psychological, uh, therapeutic lens, and and helping people understand themselves and self actualize. And so I think healing and and some type of, as we say in Vedic astrology, remedies, uh, and and helping people heal and maximize their potential. It's what is in their their chart, and that's why I do it. Boy, we have unity and maximizing our gifts. Love it. All right. We will continue with Elizabeth Liz Mouchette. What brought you to astrology? And how are you seeing it through? Well, astrology has always been a part of my life. Um, My maternal grandmother was the biggest influence to me uh, because she started guiding me from what I can remember being about two years old to use my intuitive and natural healing abilities. Um, She gave me my first astrology books when I was 10, but we always talked about astrology and she had a packed 12th house. So she had a lot of secrets about herself. So I never saw her cast her own charts, but she had them and that it was her handwriting. So 
and she told me to always listen to my ancestors because they would have messages for me. And it's also felt like remembering things from past lives. So it's a whole different process of remembering. Um, and I'm in a consulting astrologer and teacher um, doing natal astrology, progression, solar arc, synastry, electional astrology. And I'm working on sharpening my skills for orary. And so I'm a perpetual student of astrology, but I just love it. Thank you. So we have the practical feeding from the spiritual, the whole gamut. We're moving on. This is good. All right. If I can remember, Karen, I think you're next in the alphabet. Karen Wenderlin, what brought you to astrology, this great art, and how are you doing with it? What are you using? Well, I came because I'm a control freak and I needed to figure <laughs> out just what was going on and figure out how to make it different, how to change it, how to change it up. And and so it was all uh, all about me. It wasn't about anybody else. It was like, ah, I got to figure this thing out. And and so that and I'm a business person. And I see the world through practical business applications. And it's like, how do you do something is how you are. So bringing to me the congruence of the self, the individual, the interior with the exterior. How are you behaving in the world as opposed to who you are inside? And helping people and business, especially business people, be more congruent so that they can uh, be more consistently in the present and and in the flow of their life rather than in resistance to it. Mm. That's a good a value too to have this um, working with it. it, it making lemons working yeah. with it and my yeah. alphabet is lousy i had such trouble as a kid israel <laughs> we didn't forget <laughs> i <laughs> please tell us how you got into astrology i think it's a different technique or a different angle and what you're doing with it please yeah well um well i used to be a boxer so um uh, coming into astrology was um uh, my boxing career wasn't, you know, going so well. And then also as well, my mother passed as well during that same mm -hmm. uh, period. Uh, so I was kind of going through, uh, I went through a stage of like a six months a year where I was kind of feeling lost. I didn't know uh, where I was going, what to do. And, um, you know, here is where um, I found astrology, it found me. Um, it was still a bit of a difficult transition for me because all I knew up to that point was boxing. That's that was my life, I, I, you know. Um, but um, I, I could see the light was shining in that particular direction. And the moment I um, I recall, even uh, one year, I, I went on the internet. And I wanted to treat myself for my uh, birthday uh, one weekend, and. Um, I saw uh, an astrology, uh, a it was actually a tarot uh, weekend uh, held by Liz Green. And um, it started from there. Uh, I, I went to her tarot workshop and, you know, she also obviously told me that, you know, she teaches astrology. So I, I, I signed up and 
Uh, this was like uh, just over 20 years ago, and I never uh, looked back since. And, and since then, I've, um, you know, I, uh, I also did uh, other um, astrology courses with the likes of uh, um, Robert Zola, Robert Schmidt. Um, so I combined, uh, you know, the traditional medieval and psychology, uh, psychological astrology, I combined them together. Um, I, I also teach as well, so I have a number of clients as well uh, in, in my circle that I, you know, I, I, I take through the, the different levels of astrology. And um, uh, uh, essentially my purpose is whether it's my students uh, or whether the clients who come to me for consultations, uh, my purpose is to um, use astrology as a, as a guide. Um, I feel that we are all here um, for a purpose and astrology helps to shed light on what that purpose is and how one may go about fulfilling it. Oh, thank you so much, Israel. And it is true, this personal process of revealing to ourself and therefore validating others, really crucial. Yeah. Well, we have our two R friends here, Ray, no, Raphael, Raphael. I think your name is next. How would you, um, how did you begin with astrology and what, how are you using it? Please. Well, in 1972, I started studying the martial arts and that led to my practice of meditation and self-discipline. And later in the same decade, I began to uh, study Torah, Talmud, Kabbalah. I was able to find a group of people who were studying these esoteric teachings. And I also was able to meet a hermetician from the Brotherhood of Light who came to one of our um, services on a Sabbath day. And that was when my desire to study astrology blossomed. So I was working at IBM at the time and there were two astrologers there who were my brothers in the um, organization, the movement. It was an African-based organization, but we were students of the Torah. And um, they taught me the math. They gave me the math basics. From that point on, I began to read a lot of books, as most of us have done, and take a lot of courses. I had a chance to study with uh, Zoltan Mason on Saturdays uh, at his um, store in New York. So I had a chance to meet a lot of astrologers and I just practice. And uh, my way of using astrology, uh, considering what Brother Israel and Justin said about self-empowerment and help people become the best that they are, I'm kind of paraphrasing, is uh, it's dedicated to self-realization. And so whenever I meet with a client, my desire is to assist and, and be the light, so speak, to allow them to rise into a higher appreciation of what they are able to do and the limitless possibilities that lay around them. Mm, well, thank you. It is intriguing to hear of the uh, intellectual, if I might say, somewhat, you know, that curiosity that wants to find out and piece it together that's uh, looking for the belief patterns and that you're able to share a light. It's, really important to the whole energy of astrology. 
Last and not least again is uh, Ray Couture. What brought you to astrology and how are you implementing and using it and living? <laughs> well, how about unmute myself? We'll start with yeah, that. Good beginning, yeah. I got out of the military um, back in just around the Uranus-Pluto conjunction, which will give you a reason why I got out. And I ended up in Berkeley, California, and I met this guy who seemed to know more about me than he ought to. And I was kind of upset about that because <laughs> I just uh, <laughs> I, I didn't, didn't want to believe it. Um, so I asked him how he did it. He said, astrology. And I said, you're nuts. I just, Wait a minute. You're crazy. I just got out of the military where the government is trying to tell me what time to get up, what to do, everything, everything about my life. And now you want me to start following, uh, getting my life guided by balls of gas and rocks in the sky. He <laughs> <laughs> <You> said, yeah. <laughs> and I said, okay, you're on. <laughs> well, and so I figured that if, if he could do that, if he could use those balls of gas in the sky to figure out, uh, how to talk to me without ever knowing anything about me and helping me out, then I had to do it too. So after a couple of years, we started teaching classes together. And uh, during that interim, though, I was uh, I was involved in radio a lot as a, as a radio personality, I guess you want to call it, in the San Francisco Bay Area. And I had an opportunity then to do research on astrology to, because people ask me, oh, so you're playing with astrology, are you, what, what are you going to do with it? I said, well, I don't know. I don't know that much about it, but well, uh, bring us some astrologers. So I created a show and I ended up uh, meeting Dane Rudyard in the process. And after the show, uh, he and I got together and talked about some various kinds of things. And um, eventually he asked me over the next two or three years, to uh, work with him uh, in some kind of way. And I didn't know what way that would be, but he just uh, kept telling me to read his books and do that. And then we would talk about it. <laughs> that would be the easiest way for him anyway. For me, it was the most difficult way. <laughs> but uh, all in all, um, I just uh, eventually he asked me to open up a bookstore for uh, focusing on showcasing his work and so forth. So I did that. And after a certain amount of time, I moved on and went into a, more of astrology than ever. So what I try to do with astrology is over the last 50 years, especially in the last 20 or so, I noticed that um, it's not possible to answer people's questions about how can you be a success without bringing in the idea that I have to ask the question about, well, what kind of success do you mean? You want to be the best, you know, uh, bank robber on the block. Uh, you want to be the, you know, on the, on the horizontal relationship we all have or the biological level and the biospheric level, or you want to rise above that and gain some, spiritual strength and so forth. So that led me eventually to transpersonal astrology because, you know, um, the people in the last 20, 30 years are born at a time when the karmic load is that these people, you and I and others are here because the world is need needing of us in our own karmic force and own Dharma says we're here to try to help people survive 
this transition from one kind of a world, from one mm -hmm. kind of people to another. Yes, yes, it is true. Being part of the river, well, just getting into the river, that's what it's all about. So yeah. we are. Thank you so much. This, oh, and I will say for myself, I'm Sue Rose Minahan, and I started because, well, it's hard to know where you start, but I can distinctly become, becoming aware of astrology was in a conversation with my mother. It was during, when I was in my 20s, which was also during the 70s, and we talked at length, and I couldn't follow her at all, so I had to read the books to understand, and of course, it made it available to me that out of the oneness that I always saw life, like anything is possible for anybody, just give them the magic, not like Alice in Wonderland, but something. But instead it was like, no, there's individuality. We're like plants. We have different recipes. We have some need a lot of sun, some need shade, some need to be a big tree. I mean, there's all kinds of formulas that it was strengths and weaknesses and it made me uh understand the the the, the psychology of, of of people and understand them much better and how i'm using it um, and it was a hard sell the whole thing because i was raised to thinking that i was an agnostic i mean i said atheist at first boy i'm right there and i thought well you know i'm not exactly sure maybe i'm an agnostic and now I'm a full-blown, well, I got little people everywhere, right? <laughs> All kinds of guides, lots of guides. So at any rate, um, because we are spirit in a body and how there is this transition and there is this communication and how I see it is uh, it's a, yeah, boy, I had how I saw it. Well, it is answering, it's looking at this moment to some of the past the cliches. It seems like astrology gets hung up with like, like conversations at large. Uh, and it happens to be the negative. Maybe they think this is superficial. So that's everything. No, it's not. There's other layers, there's other depths of understanding something. And uh, so that's part of it is to really get into it, part of this transition, yes, to help communicate. And um, anyway, we'll leave it at that because it was supposed to be two minutes and I'm probably over. Okay. So let's, one more. I think we have, oh gosh, I didn't put it up. Um, we have a chart and maybe I'll have to do that. In the meantime, if you, you remember how you went, if each one of you could talk about just in about a minute, what you think the theme, and you could use either the global chart. Oh, is it that time? Is it that time to take a break? Oy vey, it is. Okay, we are taking a break, and we'll start when we return. This is the Equinox Astrology Day, March 20th with East-West Astrologers Plus and the fifth season of Talk Cosmos. And thank you so much. We'll be right back.
we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We're currently in the period of Aries. By leaving a cycle based upon completion, the energy of Aries sparks initiation, creating action to separate into a new cycle of life. It's a fire sign, which means it will involve great emotion. And because separation may create resistance, it also takes great courage to break away to new ways of becoming. Celebrate World Astrology Day with a first-class program, Moving Together Globally with Heart. On the March 20 Spring Equinox, Talk Cosmos teams with East-West Global Astrologers for a heart-based look at 2022, complete with a lively Zoom show, celebrity recordings, and special bonuses. Topics include purpose, career, relationships, finance, health, and wellness. As the world maneuvers from COVID hibernation into birthed spiritual awakenings, and you will discover how the planets illuminate our way forward as we care for each other and rejuvenate ourselves. Celebrating with you in style on World Astrology Day is a Talk Cosmos fascinating eight astrologer panel, and when they're finished, experience East West Center's first class Zoom program. To register, go online at eastwestbookshop.com for the Sunday, March 20 program, Moving Together Globally with Heart, from 1 o'clock to 6 o'clock p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. The entire event costs $25. Find out how the world is shifting and survive and thrive for spring 2022. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So... Grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha, and enjoy the show. Hi, it's Dr. Laura Tad here to let you know I have an upcoming online course in personal mythology. In this course, you will explore the stories that you carry and how they impact your life. Some of these stories you have unconsciously inherited from your ancestors. Others are more culturally tied. As you unpack these stories, you will come to see which ones support you and your highest potential and which ones you've outgrown and could use a rewrite. Class starts in April. Space is limited. For more information and to register, please go to my website, mythicsky.com. I hope to see you there. Bringing good vibes to the Puget Sound and the world. Alternative Talk 1150. Hello, here we are. We're beginning again. Thank you. And if Nathan, if we could pull up that chart for the spring equinox today, and there were, and I'll give the times out. It was for the world chart, which is always at the GMT or the UT, which is the Greenwich mean time zone. The sun at zero degrees was at three o'clock in the afternoon. 
3.33 minutes, 3 o'clock, 33 minutes, 15 seconds in the afternoon for uh, March 20th. But for the United States, it's in the morning at 11 o'clock, 33 minutes and 15 seconds a.m. And that's only because it allows people to think of it as a um, nation. So, and I have here the first file that people can look at later because we will have a lot of strange little points that you may not be familiar with. But if you want to look at these charts, if you aren't listening on a podcast and doing it on YouTube, you can see that we have some dwarf planets that we're involving perhaps uh, and centaurs, asteroids, and uh, points. So in astrological terms, we won't really elaborate about those. We're going to be talking more holistically, but still they may come up in the conversation and they're very important. Everything has its purpose. They have, uh, and that's why we study, right? Okay. So if we can go to the next slide, Nathan of the dual, or maybe I'm the one. Okay. Here we are. Can everybody see that? Okay. So what I'm going to ask of the eight is in a minute a theme that speaks to you about some importance that this year, looking at it as a seed chart for the whole year, it is the beginning of the year. Many people feel it, zero degrees Aries. It begins the zodiac and the chart. So, Denny, I'll let you bravely begin again. What would you say? Well, it's funny that um, Ixion got in there as a dwarf planet, because for me, this is a seed. It is a, a time of people coming together and seeding a new energy that's intergenerational. Uh, we were looking at the high frequencies of the different planets and the higher octaves of this and that and keep going. And uh, Sue, you and I hit on Hamea, which is birth. And so to me, this is a grand rebirthing. I'm, I'm very pleased to have on um, this show and the, the one following with East West, kind of a look back to the roots of astrology with people like Dane Rudyard's protege, Ray, right there. And also we've got um, the man who put together the harmonic concordance, which had 14 million people, meditating all at once in this beautiful configuration in the sky. Uh, Princeton University did some earth measurements on that and said that the frequency of the earth shifted during that meditation measurably. So looking forward to great energy on the show, um, wonderful exchange here. And what can we birth? We're birthing. Oh, I love it. And what year was the convergence again? 1987 or two? It was 2003. Oh. So the uh, oh, okay. convergence, I'm sorry, convergence was 1987 and the concordance was 2003. So I think one okay. of you tried to correct me. No, yeah. that's fine. That's beautiful. Just kind of lodge in, you know, with all the, it's good to know some of this. Good. Thank you so much. Justin, how would you like to contribute? Well, you know, just really quickly here, because I know we don't have a lot of time. I see, you know, looking at this chart, we see the the ascendant of both of these as is, is two signs that are ruled by Mercury, G, uh, Gemini and Virgo. So I and because the 
you know, in these charts, the Sun, Mercury, Jupiter, and Neptune are square Gemini. And then, of course, we've got Mars, Venus, Juno, and Saturn also in an air sign. It seems to be a lot of evaluation going on. And the air signs are really affecting about what we're thinking about going forward. There's an evaluation and analysis, a very mental looking chart. And I think as we look forward, you know, as a collective, we've all had this this collective experience. And so we're, you know, the barn door has been open for all of us now, and we're all still going through a collective experience about evaluation and where do we go next and sort of this challenge to transformation. So I think this is really, it's it's really as we visualize towards a new cycle, it's it's taking a holistic approach, and it's it's asking us how we uh, how we think about that, and and uh, there, so there's a focus on the mental aspects here. Good, thank you so much. And then uh, Liz, please, Elizabeth. Well, and I agree with all that air energy um, that Justin was talking about. To me, it's like communication and listening skills are very important to make sure that people understand what's being said, but then that you're also hearing it correctly. Um, it's And also it feels like two steps forward and one step back or back but slightly sideways is happening <laughs> at this time and um, global cooperation and think globally as well as um, locally okay then we will go to Israel I know my alphabet <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, yeah um, just like the previous speakers have said Justine and Karen um, I feel um, it's a very strong mercurial uh, um, uh, chart. Um, I'm looking at the uh, the Greenwich uh, Mean Time one uh, for the UK, and it's it's Virgo rising, and equally also for the Washington, it's uh, Gemini. Um, so we can see very strong Mercury, but you know Mercury's placement in Pisces, um, I, I feel it, it, it looks one way, but it seems to be going another. Mm. <laughs> um, so. Um, uh, we, we have to be extremely mindful here, but uh, something is 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 suggesting to me that there is a huge sense of compassion uh, because the Mercury is also conjunct Jupiter as well, and mm -hmm. I feel that is going to be a, a, a real strong theme uh, that we have to um, you know be faced with over the course of the the next year. Um, things are not going to be what we think they are. Um, they're going to look like they're going one direction uh, at one moment. And, you know, due to the energy of Pisces, Mercury being in Pisces, it's going to be swimming in another. So we uh -huh. have to be open. Uh, we have to be fluid. Uh, we have to be compassionate. Um, and we have to look deeper than the rational or, um, uh, you know, Emotion. the intellect uh, yes. you know, approach to things. We we, we got to go deeper. Bridges. wants us to expand and be deeper. Okay. Thank you so much. No. Yes, indeed. And it really helps that theme that Denny has put for the global um, yeah. looking at things with a heart-based soul. Yeah. Thank you so much. Karen, what would you say, please, your perspective? And it can be anything. It doesn't have to be, you know, it can be something different. Yeah. Or the same. So, well, so it's 
it's an adjunct. So yes, everything everybody said so far about the high conversation, Mercury talking, 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 Gemini talking, 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 but the opportunity to listen and to listen to international voices, voices that are unfamiliar, voices that are that haven't been known before so that it's like oh this this person is me <laughs> you know uh, and certainly with uh, the president of ukraine he has become a star through his his use of voice and his presence and it shows it it's a demonstration of the power of one's voice in being able to make a difference in how how you speak and how you are um, and how you create your connection with other people. Um, uh, becoming really aware, I think, with this of the judgments that we have towards particular ideas that we have held, you know, it's like our firmly held ideas are being challenged. And mm. that's a toughie, but a necessary thing to go through our own growth process. Decondition. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good. This is a great opportunity for that. Okay. And Raphael, what would you like to present? And we'll go back. We'll each, this is just to get an icebreaker here. So that we each say, this is what I see. And we can go, okay, fine. So yes, Raphael. So regarding the uh, areas ingress for US, you have four mutable signs on the four angles. So looking at periodic fluctuations, constant change, and the requirement to be able to adapt to change because there's lots of it. The uh, Mercury, Jupiter, and Pisces, you have either blue smoke and smoke mirrors, or you also have, or and, you are also looking at greater communication with Mercury being the messenger of the gods, communication, a link between soul and personality. Mercury has a lot to do with that esoterically. And with Jupiter there, there's the possibility of greater mindfulness. And yet those two planets are combining all four angles of the horoscope in the 10th house, which is governed by the leadership. So look at the Gemini, you know, the arm, the, the upper arm where the deltoid is, is the area where the jab goes. So in terms of what's going on with the situation just want, the yeah we don't need a whole concern. thing just like uh i think right. that's good yeah that's good thank you so much i mean if you feel good about it because i mean we're just because this is like a snapshot like and i pardon oh, me yeah. again i don't always sure. express all right then ray what's your snapshot <laughs> now i'm understanding oh well, let me uh, hang on a second let me find my camera let's see snapshot well Okay. Looking at the, the, the spring equinox chart from the Washington, D.C. perspective, uh, 
You notice everything is above the horizon, and the horizon is that line that goes vertical across from the rising of Gemini to the descendant of or the seventh house cusp in Sagittarius. Everything except the moon is above that. And that upper end is the objective reality, which says basically with the first planet up there in the upper half is Pluto, an intense need to eliminate everything that is obsolete about what we think of ourselves and what we think of our ability and the need to really come together and participate uh, as a species unit uh, on the planet rather than a bunch of d diverse, spread out uh, uh, individual people not particularly related to each other at all in various kinds of ways. Uh, and the moon, of course, in the bottom, mundane astrology is about the everyday kind of stuff like politics <laughs> and religion and stuff. So the moon uh, represents the people in this case. So it's in a particular part of the chart that has to do with the people who need to speak. Okay. So that's my, my that's take. Good. Very good. Thank you. I'll go back and I'll just finish up with my own, which is pretty simple. Why isn't it going back? Oh, because I'm not doing it right. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm, I suppose what I was looking at is really this idea that we're leaving a womb of... Um, in, I'm thinking of the Piscean to the Aries energy that we're taking from it some kind of seed that we've harbored from it. And we have an opportunity to really launch it, to put it in some soil and to hopefully find a community with it and, and, and nurture it that way. So it, it is asking people to be brave to step out and and i love all the comments people have commented because they bring up x the, the fundamental thoughts of <clears throat> that it is mental you know and that but to expand beyond what we recognize so thank you because of the cliches right it's not just what are we communicating from spirit to manifestation. Thank you. Okay. Well, we have some time here to just exchange ideas on this meaningfulness. And I'll throw out a couple of questions and the taker, be bold, you can uh, choose as you want. But for instance, like opportunities or challenges to find this radical individuality for our authentic self what where could that be or how can we do that well the period of time is is not necessarily one of achieving that radical uniqueness it's to recognize that i'm you know, life isn't working the way I want to and paying attention to what it is that's the next thing. With When I look at this chart, it's about an unfoldment that's happening. It's like growing awareness, more awareness, more awareness, and undergoing a conversation with yourself to go as far 
as your bravery will take you. Yes. And I guess when I say individual um, radical, in a sense that there is this Iranian and Aquarian energy, and we may not be ready to jump out and uh, start our own band and travel, but we, like you say, it is a process. It begins with that. Justin, I know you were interested in some of the dwarf planets like Follis and they're down there at the chart. I had them. And if you have one chart or the other, I, if people want me to bring up one chart or the other, let me know. No, you know, I uh, just really quickly, uh, the Juno, which represents marriage or commitment is, is uh, conjunct Saturn there. And I think that really spoke to earlier what one of the gals was talking about uh, these the commitment to partnerships in the collective right now. And the, so this is a real positive aspect. This is a really great time for us to really pay attention to our, our relationships in the collective. However, what jumps out when you say challenges is that all that Aquarian energy is squared Uranus. You know, we got that Mars, Venus, Juno, Saturn, all squared Uranus between the ninth and the 11th house. And so I think, and because we've got these nodes going through the, the the, the signs and resources this year, I think, again, it does come back to relationships in the collective and how we see them as, as resources this year. And this is really the time to, you know, come out of the barn now from this pandemic and really build some relationships. It's a really great time to to cement some relationships, but it's going to take some uh, transformation of and a holistic way of looking at as we move forward. That communication, yes, with Mercury. And, and I don't mean to be one that usually calls on people, but I realize we have not yet unified as a whole group. So if somebody has a thought, just jump in. Otherwise, I yeah. might just... Uh, yeah, yeah just, I just wanted to add to what Justin said there, because um, uh, just observing the, um, the UK um, uh, spring equinox chart uh, for Greenwich, um, you know, it's Virgo rising. Uh, and, and the chart ruler, as we are all aware that chart rulers are very important, um, is in Pisces in the seventh house. Uh, so just, uh, you know, adding to what Justin said there in terms of the relationship, um, what does the relationship look like? Uh, because, uh, and I feel, um, uh, you know, uh, for the whole world, uh, even though I'm, I may be speaking, you know, majority from a UK standpoint, but the whole world, I think we are at a very crucial time right now in the world, especially with what's going on in Europe, um, because that is affecting, it's having a domino effect throughout the whole world in some way, shape or form, economically, financially, and so on. Um, and I, I feel this is a chart that is really um, telling us or showing us, well, well who are we? Because it's very easy to, you know, the seventh house is the house that we tend to project onto other people, uh, people who mirror us. Uh, and, and it can be very easy to kind of see we, we've got the ruler of the ascendant in the seventh house. So some things, uh, you know, it's very common for people to perhaps uh, look at some, somebody or something outside of ourselves and say, well, that's not me. <laughs> and I think the chart is telling us that, no, that is you. That is a reflection of who you are. 
So uh, looking at the UK chart, it's saying like, well, that ascendant, because we tend to identify more with the ascendant and project on the seventh house, it's letting us know that, well, the ascendant and the seventh house is one. Uh, the ruler of the ascendant being in the seventh house you are actually one you're a reflection of each other and what may look like oh it's outside there that's your business no it's everybody's business also. yes everybody's and, business. And, and and you know so yeah and ray i hear you yes yeah yeah absolutely um i you know uh i think if you also uh, look at this uh, this the whole whole issue of the idea of transformation that uh, has been talked about so far a few times here and mentioned in, in various ways but the transformation that this chart is talking about is something that is really more than just uh, changing jobs or changing your name or changing even you know whether you're married or divorced or this or that changing you can't this is not little change this is a, a huge amount of change it not necessarily going to come down in a, a few little drops here and there it might uh, it might take um if you look at the distance between the sun and chiron Chiron is, as Liz Green would say, the stimulation to the will to live. And the sun at the zero degrees of, of Aries is by progression. The sun moves by progression one degree each year. This is a, an effect that is going to take us 10 years mm. to really reorganize ourselves as a people. Who are we, I think Israel was saying, is really true. Because uh, the collective, the relationship that Justin was talking about between the individual and the collective, yes. is is a is a relationship. Thank of, you, Ray. I, you got it. I know. And unfortunately, done. I looked at the time because we have um, Liz and I, Raphael and and all these folks. And it's true. We have a, a quick moment. And um, so, basically, Liz. Do you have a quick word? I just wanted to say that Saturn, which represents authority, is squared to the nodes. So it's in the bending. So, and it would be a, a south node that last passed over Saturn. So it's something that comes from a past so that there's going to be change in authority. These themes of listening to other people, knowing ourselves, on and on and on. Raphael, have you got like a sentence? Where do you go? Oh, there you are, right in the middle. Raphael, can you hear me? We use astrology like all the time. Yes. Okay. Well, yes. We, thank you, everybody. Okay, go ahead. You, you, you're running out of time, so I have. We are darn it. Well, this has been this has been very fulfilling to realize that we have commitment to relationship, ourself, that relationship with everything, spirit, ourself, the other that we may not like. Hey, what part of us don't we like? Let's use our heart. Yes, thank you, Denny, for bringing that theme. Thank you, Denny. Thank you, Liz. Thank you, Raphael. Thank you, Ray. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Karen. And thank you, Israel. This is beautiful. Go to Talk Cosmos and connect to East West. They're going to be on in just a second. Bye.
Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway. Thank you.